The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And to find out the programming we have available for you 24 7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. We're going to be talking about uh, Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. It's written by our guest this hour, Dr. Jacob Lieberman. And uh, Dr. Lieberman is a pioneer in the field of light, vision, and consciousness and the author of numerous books, including Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. Originally trained as an optometrist and a vision scientist, his life changed in 1976 after the miraculous healing of his eyesight, leading him to a deeper understanding of light and the science of life. An internationally respected public speaker, Dr. Lieberman shares his scientific and spiritual discoveries about light as the divine spark that guides our life's journey, entwining us with unseen architect of all that is. He has addressed more than 2,000 live audiences worldwide and has been endorsed by award-winning artists, Hall of Fame athletes, and luminaries in science, spirituality, and medicine. Dr. Lieberman is the author of two other seminal books on light and vision and the developer of the very first FDA-cleared medical device for vision improvement. His years of clinical research and direct experience have led him to a new philosophy of life that can be implemented by anyone at home, resulting in profound transformation that is rapid, significant, and permanent. His website is www.jacoblieberman.com. And uh, Dr. Lieberman, welcome to the Exxon, sir. It's a pleasure to be with you. Tell us about your book, Luminous of Life. You know, it's the culmination of about 45 years uh, of work clinically, research-wise, and a lot of my own direct experience that has to do with a very, very fundamental fact, and that is that humans are guided by light in the same way as plants and animals. To give you an example, Mm -hmm. when a plant is stimulated by light, it literally... uh, turns itself in order to align itself with that light to get the maximum possible benefit of that light, which is not only nourishing every aspect of its life, but it's guiding its entire growth cycle. Animals do something similar. So, for instance, uh, creatures that are in the wild, like bears or deer, for instance, months before the weather changes, and temperatures begin to drop. The light is continually cueing their physiology, every cell in their body, to adjust itself for the changes that are not perceptible yet, but will be coming over time, so that when the temperatures drop, that creature is ready for it already, and they are already in a harmonious relationship with nature, so there's no surprise for them. Humans are literally designed the same way. We used to think that light 
only interacted with the eyes for mm -hmm. the purpose of eyesight and vision. But in reality, every cell of the body has eyes. And those eyes are designed to detect and respond to light, the very, very subtle changes in light that are going on throughout the day and also even into the night. And so every physiological function in our bodies is literally light-dependent and continually adjusting itself so that we're in harmony with life, if you will, so that we're at one with the cosmos. So the new book is really sharing the foundational science and work that I've done over the last 45 years so that people can begin to recognize <clears throat> that their lives are being guided by the same animating force that's moving the planets around the sun, that's creating the change in seasons, the movement of the tides, the beating of our hearts, and even breathing us. All of that is being handled by the same animating force in this universe, which you could call the intelligence of life, that which is behind the scenes, but keeps everything running harmoniously. So this book is essentially about that fact and begins to share with the reader. This information, first of all, will shift the way people see things because it's very commonsensical. And on a certain level, we already know this. So the reading of the material will begin to shift the perception of the reader. And then I share some very practical aspects that allow the reader to do things like improve their presence, their attention in terms of their vision, to desensitize themselves from certain emotional triggers in life that create stress for them. And I even share with them a very brief one-minute meditation experience that they can do at different intervals throughout the day to stay in a much more peaceful state of mind. Early in your op optometric uh, career, you experienced a sudden, significant, and lasting improvement in your vision during a meditative experience. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, I had been wearing glasses at that time for almost 10 years, mm -hmm. Um, I was intrigued with the idea of the possibility, could we do something offering to our patients a way to become less dependent upon their glasses? Because I began to realize that few, very, very few people are born needing glasses, yet almost everyone starts wearing them sometime in their lifetime. In fact, vision deterioration is the biggest health epidemic in the world. Two-thirds of the entire world's population wear glasses but weren't born needing them, and those percentages are going sky high, especially with all the time we spent looking at iPhones, tablets, computers, and so on. So I began to notice this <clears throat> at the beginning of my career in the early 1970s and was trying to find ways that I could help my patients preserve their natural vision, uh, lessen their dependency on glasses, and in, if possible, reduce their prescription rather than increasing it and maybe get them out of glasses altogether. I began to experiment with myself. I saw that there were ways of improving my eyesight. And then one day while I was in the midst of meditating, I had a rather profound experience. My eyes were closed, yet there was a sense almost as if something was observing me in the room meditating. And everything seemed crystal clear. Um, I didn't know exactly what was happening because I'd never had such an experience. But when I opened my eyes about 20 minutes later, my eyesight was really, really clear at a level that I had not remembered in many, many years. It was so astounding for me. It was a Sunday that I got in my car, 
even though my license said I needed my glasses to drive, I placed the glasses on the seat next to me. I drove to my office. I could see all the license plates, the street signs, the billboards. I got to my office. I was sitting 20 feet away from the eye chart. I kept changing using different eye charts that I had never seen before, and I was consistently seeing 300% better than I was before this experience. And that was sort of shocking to me because I had no idea how anything like that could occur and was led to believe that that was impossible to begin with. So I then examined myself, as I would with many of my patients, except I couldn't see what the lens powers were in the device. I was just changing it around until I got to the best possible lens power. And when I came out from behind my phoropter, which is the instrument that we use to examine someone, I was thinking it wasn't going to show any prescription because I was seeing so beautifully clear. But I was shocked that when I came out from behind the device, the prescription in the machine was almost identical to the prescription in my eyeglasses. All right, stand so by, please, doctor. We've got to take yeah. our first break. Exonation, Dr. Jacob Lieberman as our guest, www.jacoblieberman.org. He's the author of Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unblocks the Art of Living. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Gwilda Wiak's latest book, The Science of Magic, Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is the first book in a series based on her writings that open every episode of the Science of Magic radio show. Drawing on the subject matter of each guest and armed with over 40 years experience in shamanism, 35 years in alternative health, and degrees in psychology and religious studies, Wilda introduces relevant and leading-edge information that supports spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Rich with wisdom and inspirational quotes packaged in digestible segments, this is a book that will pull you from cover to cover. It will also serve as a daily inspirational reading for years to come. The Science of Magic Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is available at our website, tsompublications.com, amazon.com, and wherever fine books are sold. Back in Victorian England, a famous theologian posed a perplexing riddle. Why are the two top personalities in the Bible tagged with the numbers 7 and 11? Academics agree the answer is found in the stunning discovery of a hitherto secret Bible structure explained in a new book called The Genesis Grid. The discovery is so simple that preschool children could illustrate it. Certain claims are hugely controversial and may offend some, but at the X-Zone, we've studied this awesome new book and agree with one expert, and I quote, These discoveries appear to be beyond coincidence. So who or what hid this wonderful pattern in the Bible, and what might they do next? Find out more, X-Zone Nation, and read reviews on www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk.
And welcome back, everyone. Dr. Jacob Lieberman is my special guest. He's the author of Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. His website, jacoblieberman.org. All right, so here you got away from this machine. You checked the prescription, and the prescription on the machine was nearly identical to that of your glasses. Now, what is the significance of this, sir? Well, the significance is that I'd had a 300% improvement Mm -hmm. in my eyesight with no changes to my eyes. Now, that's rather strange, having been trained as an eye doctor and as well as a vision scientist. I was trained that we see with our eyes. But something in this experience allowed me to realize that there's something else seeing, that the eyes have something to do with vision. They allow light to enter the system. But what may be seeing may be something else. It may be the mind or something else. And to give you an idea of the significance of this event, that occurred almost 42 years ago. I'm 70 years old now. Mm -hmm. I have never had a pair of glasses on my face since that day. For distance or for reading, in fact, my current eye doctor uh, wrote a piece which is in my new book, Luminous Life, because she's never had seen this before. And um, so it's, I'm sharing this because it allowed me to realize that things may not be what we think they are. All right, let me, ask you, let me ask you this, doctor. Other ways. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If you can't see through your eyes, how do you see? <clears throat> well, there is a... No, no, I'm not suggesting that we're not that something isn't happening through the eyes. All right. What I'm saying is that the prescription alone mm-hmm. is not the primary factor because I have more astigmatism now, and I had a significant amount in 1976. I have more now than I had then. I used to be nearsighted. I'm no longer nearsighted. I'm farsighted now, which should make reading even more difficult. And yet, I spend all day long, like most people, reading, working at a computer, driving a car, and I still see very, very well. So all I'm sharing is that there is something in the vision process that we hadn't accounted for. And maybe it's the mind. Maybe there is something else that is noticing. To give you a... You, you, you had an interesting question. You said, well, if we don't see through our eyes, how do we see? Right. Well, you know, there is a time during the night when we're sleeping, there's no light outside, our eyes are closed, Mm -hmm. but our dreams are so vivid in full color, filled with light, sensation, smells, taste, and so on, that when we wake up, we said, oh my God. I would have sworn that that was real. Uh, All right, sir. Now, now just let, let let me try and get some clarification here. We all, you know, we know for a fact that dreams are not real. So how can we equate that, that dream state to our actual sight? Like we go through, we know how dreams work. We've had many guests on. We've had neuroscientists on to discuss the working of a dream. And in all my years' experience talking to these different medical professionals, there is no way that I could ever you know, connect the, the visual site of consciousness to the unconscious, unconscious state of dreaming. Well, dreaming is not an unconscious state. It's not? As a matter of fact, there's a lot of new, new research about this mm-hmm. that indicates that consciousness doesn't go to sleep at all. All right, your that body... you physically fully aware all right, when let, we're sleeping. All right, so you physically go to sleep. Your body shuts down yes. for rest. So how do we right. equate what we dream about into... A connection of our eyesight. I, I, I can't make that connection. I, Help me. I'm not equating them. What I am saying is that during the night, mm-hmm. we see things very clearly in our dreams, and it's not happening via our eyes. And there are many things that we don't understand. For instance, mm-hmm. um, I'll give you an example. I mentioned before that all of our cells literally have eyes that detect and respond 
to light, and light is invisible. You can't actually see light. What we experience is called brightness mm -hmm. during the day, which is just a perceptual phenomenon. And during the day, if you're a parent, for instance, and if you have young children, sometimes you get a sense that that child needs you and you call them up or you go to their room and, by God, they needed you for something. Now, you could call that a feeling, mm -hmm. but it's not actually a feeling. Your body is picking up signals that you're totally not aware of that are cluing you to something that you need to attend to. And what I've come to discover in my years of, of working with this and working with more than 40,000 individuals mm -hmm. is that we think the eye works voluntarily. We look for things. But in actuality, what's happening is that the eyes don't move towards something until something catches them. That's why we say it caught my eye. And what is catching them is information that's impregnated in light. So what I'm suggesting is the experience allowed me to realize that there's more to vision than just the eyeball and the optics. Something else is actually going on there, which has allowed me to see clearly, to be able to pass my driver's test, to read books all day, in spite of the fact that I have a very significant amount of astigmatism in my eyes and should not be able to see it. So all I'm saying, even though I may not be able to understand it, mm -hmm. is that I've uncovered that there is something there that we need to look at a bit more carefully. Have you, have you proposed your theses or your hypothesis to other members of the medical, and, uh, medical community? And if so, what have their comments been? Well, it's not a hypothesis. Why not? I actually have had this experience. It's measurable. I've been going to eye doctors. I'm 70 years old. Mm -hmm. I, I go every year. I've been examined by people on all coasts. So it's not, it's not an idea that I have. It's something that I directly experienced. Whether we understand exactly how it works, I was talking. I is was talking. I was talking about the mechanism behind it, the physiology behind it. I don't think we understand the physiology behind it because when we're speaking about the mind, mm -hmm. or when we're speaking about consciousness, the reason they call that the hard problem in neuroscience is because that's a a major, major mystery for us right now. We don't know exactly how that works. All I'm attempting to share is that something happened in my life mm -hmm. that created something like what you might call a spontaneous remission. There are individuals who are diagnosed with different sorts of diseases, right. and every so often, one of them has something strange happen that we can't explain their disease seems to go into remission or disappear. I had something like that with my vision 40 years ago. I'm not claiming that I know how it right. occurred. I'm merely sharing that the fact that it did occur, mm -hmm. the fact that it has been validated by many vision care people over the years who have examined me, it's just something that we need to consider when we think about vision how it works, and what's possible in terms of its remediation. I, I can appreciate that, and I understand that. What I'm trying to get at, sir, is you're a doctor. This happened 40 years ago. What has happened in those 40 years to help you understand what, what actually happened? What caused the remission, to use the phrase? You know, I can't tell you exactly, except... Uh, and, and these are not scientific, uh, this is not science, this is a, a different level of knowing which I'll share with you. One of the things that we know is that most people, when they look at things in life, mm -hmm. they're looking at it through their conscious mind, which essentially means that they're looking through a lens of duality. Things are either right or wrong mm -hmm. or good or bad. Right. There is a way 
of experiencing life which is not through the conscious mind. When that happens, whatever the mechanism is that is seeing does not see things through our beliefs. I'll give you an example. 1,475 years ago, a Zen patriarch by the name of Sengston uh, wrote a very, very profound piece. And the first verse I found very moving. It said, the great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. He said, when love and hate are both absent, the world is clear and undisguised. Make the slightest distinction, however, and heaven and earth are set infinitely apart. If you wish to see the truth, hold no opinions for or against anything. All I can share with you, and the reason I'm sharing this, is this particular experience that I had during a state of meditation. Mm -hmm. I found brought me to a state, at least in that moment, where it didn't feel like I was seeing things through any particular point of view. Something was seeing without a point of view. I don't know how to describe that state, because I don't know anyone that has written about this. All right, this we've got to take, way or we have to take a commercial break. Please stand by, Exxon Nation. I'll be back on the other side of this break. With the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond, you're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network www.xzbn.net The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. 
For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Dr. Jacob Blierman is our guest this hour. He's the author of Luminous Life, How Science, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. His website is jacoblieberman.org. All right, Dr. Lieberman, in your book, do you tell people how they, too, can improve their eyesight or how they can, using the technique that you found that worked for you and improved your vision 40 years ago, how it can help them? I, I share a I share one technique <clears throat> in there that allows an individual to actually see where their eyes are looking. Let me explain a little bit. When someone looks at something, mm-hmm. they assume that their eyes <clears throat> are looking directly at it because their mind is focused on it. But in 1974. I started researching this. I wanted to see when someone thinks they're looking at a certain spot, is that where their eyes are looking? Mm -hmm. And what I discovered was that almost 70% of the subjects in this study, which was published in 1976, almost 70% of them thought they were looking at one spot, but they were actually looking a little closer to themselves or a little further away. And what I found is when there was that lack of congruence between where the mind is focused and where the eyes are focused, it makes it very difficult to attend. It makes it very difficult to experience a high degree of presence. And it makes it very difficult to even have high levels of achievement in schoolwork or in sports. So I utilize this technique all the way back from the early 70s, I found it very powerful within myself and the many thousands of people that I work with. I use this with pro golfers. With uh, I gave this technique to members of the U.S. Olympic team when mm-hmm. I did consulting work there. And so I share it with the readers because it's a fascinating technique that just requires a string and a few beads. But what's interesting about it is that you can actually see, because of a specific phenomenon, you can see where each of your eyes are looking. When you do this technique, uh, you're looking at a string that has some beads on it. But when you look at one of the beads, the single string looks like two strings. It looks like one is coming from each eye. And where they cross or converge is exactly where the eyes are looking. And so by becoming aware of where the eyes are looking in relation to where the mind is focused, Mm -hmm. that awareness creates a shift in the brain to align the two. And when they become aligned, there's an improvement in one's performance because every move we make is guided by our vision. So these little subtle changes in visual efficiency can translate into significant changes uh, in our ability to learn, in our ability to attend, and our ability to perform. Tell me, how many different techniques are there? Well, there is a, uh, in the book, I share a one-minute meditation, which I have found very powerful that people can do for very, very short periods throughout the day, because most people don't have 20 minutes to sit Mm -hmm. down and meditate. I share this particular vision technique, which is also done in one-minute intervals. So, again, it doesn't take much time. And then I shared um, a piece that has to do with how people perceive and respond to colors. Uh, In the late 70s... My question, sir, sir, was how many different techniques are there, not necessarily in the book alone, but all told? Oh, there are thousands of techniques. I mean, in the 
in the optometric profession, one of the uh, areas of training is called vision training or vision therapy. But I, but I mean, uh, how many, how many of these techniques are are specific to what you do? You know, when you're when you're when you're talking about the techniques that you used in your book, you talked about the mini meditation, the vision technique. How many, how many techniques have you developed specifically for luminous life? Uh, the, there's a whole section of using color there, uh, which you could list as one of your techniques. That is totally work that I have developed myself. These brief meditations All right, so, I develop myself. Sir, I, I, sir, I understand te- that. I understand that, sir. So, look, yeah. as far as I can see, there's three techniques that you include in your book. Uh, yeah, I think there's, there's three. Okay. Yes. Are there any other three techniques that you have developed that are not in the book? Sure. I, I developed the first FDA-cleared uh, medical device that improves visual performance, a device called the iPort Vision Training System. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I'm not involved with the sales of that device. That there's a company that sells those units. No, I, sir, sir, sir. Now. What I what I'm trying so let to me get just at. Finish what I was saying. No, let sir. Me, let me let me get let saying. me get my point, please. Because I've been asking this basically the same question now for a number of minutes, and all I would like to know is how many techniques have you developed outside of the three that you have told us about in your book that maybe you do at lectures, at seminars, or when you're doing personal appearances? Oh, there's numerous. I've developed uh, three different light therapy units. I've developed several vision training devices. So, um, you know, over 45 years of work, Mm -hmm. You develop many, many different techniques that that you that you utilize. I thought you were specifically yeah. talking about the three that I included no, in no, the sir. book. No, sir. I wanted it to be simple and mm-hmm. and cost yeah. effective for people, or no cost. Uh, all right, sir. Now, when you do, you take uh, customers in or clients, or should I call them patients, uh, to to your to whether you're at your office, whether you're at a lecture or a seminar. Do you see patients and implement the other methods and the other techniques that you have used, and what results have you seen? Uh, I am no longer in general practice, okay, and uh, I only work with a very small number of clients when I am able to. Most of the time, I'm mm-hmm. out on a, a speaking circuit, and as far as results, yeah, um, in terms of vision, uh, which is what I think you're speaking yes. about. Um, my second book, Take Off Your Glasses and See, uh, one of the things that it shares in there, aside from many different case histories, uh, is an event where I was doing a training for uh, eye doctors in Australia, um, where merely asking them to remove their glasses, which all of them had been wearing for years, mm-hmm. just the removal of the glasses for a couple of hours created a significant improvement in their eyesight. And when they left them off for 24 hours, Mm -hmm. the improvement was far more significant. And what I was trying to share with them is that these are very simple things that don't cost anything. Right. But they're not things that we ever share with people because most people are not aware of them. I actually began to work with these things to try to see, are there other things other than what I was trained to do Mm -hmm. that could be effective? When you go out and do your speaking engagements, your lectures and your seminars, what are some of the questions that you get from the audience? Oh, gosh. I, uh, people ask me questions about how my vision cleared. People mm-hmm. ask me questions about improving their uh, ability to read. Right. Or many people seem to have attentional difficulties these days, or their children have attentional difficulties so that many times they ask me questions about that and also questions related to learning because I worked with a lot of kids that had uh, visually related learning issues and attentional issues when I was in practice. And so that's an area I know a great deal about as well. well in, your, in your expert opinion, as, as, a, as a doctor, how dangerous are these iPhones, these iPads, and other technological wizardries that people sit in front of for hours and hours and hours? 
Yeah, uh, you're, we're going to discover that in the near future. One of the things that's happening in terms of your question is that mm-hmm. we're seeing that the incidence of nearsightedness is growing exponentially the more time we're spending indoors in front of these very small devices. The other thing is that these devices, uh, they use uh, little blue LEDs, Mm -hmm. or the LEDs have high degrees of blue light in them. And what they're finding is people use these at night, and it disturbs their sleep habits, it disturbs their physiological functions, because light going through the eyes affects literally everything. So uh, when we look at the impact uh, of technology, uh, we're really beginning to see that while these are magical devices on, mm-hmm. on a certain level, we have to find a way of using them so that we don't become addicted to them, which is what has already occurred, sure. and so that it doesn't ruin our eyes and influence our health in, in negative ways. All right, Doctor, please stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exonation. Nation, our guest this hour is Dr. Jacob, is- uh, Jacob Israel Lieberman, and he is the author of Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the, I'm sorry, Unlocks the Art of Living. And his website is www.jacoblieberman.com. And I'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. One of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce, is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201 934-8986 934-8986 or Skype at Elizabeth.Joyce And for more information you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 
to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Exonation, uh, Dr. Jacob Lieberman is our guest. He's the author of Luminous Life. And doctor, I, I saw something that uh, that I'd like to ask you about. What do you mean when you say we can live on light? Well, that's a very, very interesting question. Um, in 1994, I was traveling through Australia, and uh, uh, someone who had hosted an event of mine uh, claimed that he wasn't eating, that he was living off light. I thought it was an absolute crazy thing. I'd never heard of such a thing. But I asked him exactly what he did and how he did it. And I actually experimented with it for a period of time to see if that was possible. And what I saw was that I could go for a long period of time without eating, even though I didn't understand what was going on. Over those years, uh, this has been very intriguing to me, and I found the case history of an Indian yogi who claims he has not eaten in many, many, many years. But this fellow had gone through extensive uh, medical examinations um, that were set up in such a way where everything that he was doing was being photographed. And I, I speak about this case history in the book. What's interesting now uh, very, very recently, is that we were led to believe that the energy that our cells create are directly from the consumption of the food that we eat. And we're beginning to realize that about two-thirds of the energy that our cells create has to do with the ingestion of light. So a plant... Photosynthesis. Said, a plant lives yeah. on light, All right. primarily. Mm-hmm you would say, oh, of course, everybody recognizes that. What I'm saying is that our, physiologic, our physiological functions are light-dependent in a different way than a plant, but they are light-dependent. And most of the actions in our body are triggered by something having to do with light. And so what we're beginning to re- recognize is that there are, we're going to have to renew and uh, rewrite much of what we know about the way that the body works. And uh, about 26 years ago, when my first book, Light Medicine of the Future, came out, I'll give you an example. I was talking about the fact that the primary purpose of light was to continually cue every cell of our body so that our body remained in a harmonious state with Mother Nature. Interestingly enough, uh, October 2nd of 2017, the Nobel Prize for Physiology or Medicine was awarded to three U.S. scientists because they discovered the molecular mechanism by which this occurs. So what I'm sharing is that many of the discoveries that I've made over the years through my own direct experience or through working with individuals, Mm -hmm. we may not have the ability to evaluate them directly today. However, they need to be shared for people in the future who will evaluate these things. Science, as you know, the discoveries of how things work or how we think they work come many, many years after people empirically uncover something, something that they have found clinically. So the things that I am sharing in this new book and that I've shared in all of my books is based on experiences that I've had when I was in practice and working with a great number of individuals and in working with myself. Because before I utilize something with someone else, I want to see what the impact is for myself. And so this is just sharing some new science, new discoveries that are going to lead the way to further investigation that's going to provide more information 
about how the body works. When I when my first book, Light Medicine of the Future, came out, people thought that was sort of crazy. Mm-hmm. Now it's one of the most heavily investigated areas of science. There's almost no area of medicine right now that is not involving uh, looking at light, and it's not just because, you know, it started out with people getting depressed in the wintertime, but now they're using light to treat cancer and, uh, and learning disabilities and dermatological issues and Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. They're, it's very, very uh, wide what's happening right now, very broad field of investigation. So it's my hope that sharing many of these uh, insights, uh, discoveries that I've had over the years will stimulate people to experiment for themselves, whether they are physicians or whether they are just lay individuals, to uncover the, that something may be possible that they didn't realize was possible before. Are you part of this ongoing research? I'm, I'm no longer in practice, but I am part of groups of individuals, for instance, I'm uh, uh, along with a group of about a hundred other scientists and mm-hmm. doctors that are involved in trying to create a foundation for a new level of medicine, of integrative medicine that is utilizing techniques and technologies that are less intrusive uh, and more cost-effective. And so. Um, I'm just one of many, many people that are looking at these kinds of things in hopes that we can make a contribution for a better tomorrow for all of us. Where is the, where is the bulk of this research that you were talking about with other members of the medical community looking at different aspects of light being done? Oh, my God. You know, uh, there is a, a function that Google has called Google Alerts. And they, if you like, for instance, let's say you're interested in a certain topic like light, Google will email you every single day and give you sir, I, the sir, I'm, I, headlines. I, I, I'm well aware of how I'm, 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 yeah. well, I'm well aware on how Google works, but I'm asking no, no, you. What I, I'm saying is that this science is going on throughout the world. But as this, some, this, as someone who's involved in this research, sir. My question to you is, based on your knowledge and your expertise, where are the main centers of this research being conducted? Stanford, it's UCLA? It's happening at Stanford. It's happening at NIH. It's happening throughout okay. centers all over the world. Okay. I mean, we're beginning to realize that the cells communicate with each other by sending signals of light. So... The research is going on everywhere, everywhere in the world, but you need to, to look for it, and it's something that you need to, uh, if you're interested in, you need to spend some time, uh, you know, looking into it. But it's, there is work going on. Mm-hmm. Most everything that is mentioned in this book and in uh, my other books is all referenced. So everything is in there in terms of where the work is being done and so on. What would you like people to leave with after reading your book? I'd like them just to consider that that we know much, much less than we think we do about the way the body works, and that the body is almost like on autopilot every day, and something is moving all these parts. We don't even know how breathing takes place. We think we breathe, but something is actually breathing us, pumping our hearts, and so on. Uh, I'm interested in sharing with the public things that I've discovered about life being actually more effortless than we've been all trained to believe. That, That all the work and all of the time that we spend stressed out in life often obscures the truths that we are looking at. So for me, I'm just trying to share some experiences with individuals, some contemporary science, clinical work that I've done right. that is exciting, thought-provoking, and can often catalyze some very significant improvements in one's life. In your opinion, sir, who should buy your book? 
anyone that's interested in new possibilities about health and wellness. So would you say your book is is on the fringe of medical of on the fringe of the medical community and the established medical community? I I I I think it expresses revolutionary ideas and you could call it fringe, but anything, mm-hmm. any new discoveries that are going on are always considered fringe until they become the mainstream. My uh, first book was considered fringe. Now almost everything that I mentioned in there is part of the mainstream. All right, Doctor, I want to thank you very much for, uh, for, uh, for speaking with us tonight. You've totally bamboozled me. You may be very good when it comes to eyesight, but I think that you should get lessons in hearing and answer the questions that you're asked instead of the answers you want to give. And I don't know how many times you mentioned your book, your first book. Once again, you know, this isn't a platform for commercials. This is a platform for information. And, sir, do me a favor. Take up skating because, or I should say, go apply for the New York Rangers or the Montreal Canadiens, Chicago Blackhawks, or any other NHL team because you, sir, do more skating around answers than you actually share with the listeners. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break, Exxon Nation, as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I don't know, was it just me? Did I miss the point? Craig is shaking his head. No, he's saying the doctor was out to lunch. All right, Craig, I agree with you. We'll have to get other opinions. Exxon at ExxonRadioTV.com. My name is Rob McConnell. Whatever you don't go away and uh, stay out of the light, will you? Because on this show, when somebody goes to the light, you know what that means. Doo-doo. Bye-bye. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. 
Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D O W S E R S.com or call 1 877 Dowsing. That's 1 877 369 7464.